up, y'all? It's been a minute. I've been in full summer mode. I did Croatia Yacht Week three weeks ago, and that really put me out of commission. I crashed so hard after that, I went to the doctor twice. So I was pretty dead for another full week. And then after that, I was just in full schools out for the summer mode, as my guests and I talk about today. And I think you'll be so excited to hear from them because I sat down with the girls from That's So Retrograde, Steph Simbari and Elizabeth Cott, who cover so many topics that I'm so curious about. Circling, journaling, numerology, essential oils. I mean, they talk about it all. It's one of my favorite podcasts, and I really think that astrology or numerology was in my favor that day as I interviewed them on 8818. I know, it's kind of crazy. Uh, we dive into so many topics like being overwhelmed with how much self-care info is out there, setting boundaries, not overdoing it, listening to your body and mind, relationships, friendships, and so much more. They're out in LA, and I'm starting to think I need to move there and get on board with all these practices. So we recorded remotely, and I really don't like pre-apologizing every time for sound when I record remotely. But, you know, this is a grassroots production. This is a one-man band, solo, solo star here. So I obviously want to address that we weren't face-to-face, so the sound isn't the most premium thing I've ever heard. And I just wanted to give you a heads up. But that being said, the content is great. I think you'll really like what they have to say. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so I can have more badass girls like them on the podcast. And with that, let's get into it with the girls behind That's So Retrograde. Okay, so I have the ladies of That's So Retrograde on today. We have Steph Falcon Sambari and Elizabeth Cott. And I want to get into, first and foremost, Steph, where did Falcon come from? Uh, Falcon came from, we, we have a friend who's a numerologist and her name is Nitty and, um, she both, she gifted us both readings for Christmas, Hanukkah. Yes. End of year. End of year, like gift. And then it came out that like my name, Stephanie, Joanna Simbari was like in conflict with my birth number. I don't really know that much about any of this stuff but i just trust her <laughs> <laughs> and so we had to we found a, a more comparable name and numerology pairing yeah she was like it has to start with an f and o or an x and then i like, looked at all these names and nothing was coming to me and i was at lunch with my brother and i just was like it's falcon and he was like what i was like i'm gonna call myself falcon and he was like no <laughs> And I was like, you can't stop me. And then it really has taken off. <laughs> it, it kind of flows. And that if people take to it, it means it's like it's meant to, meant be. to be. It's for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. I need to look into that. Um, your podcast covers so many different topics. I would say it's definitely in the self-care, wellness, and health space. Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys cover and what you talk about every week? Yeah, we're just like really out here trying to figure out what's good. <laughs> Um, we just, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> it really, it's like, it's not, you know, yeah, it's like a wellness podcast, but we just want to know the best way to like take care of ourselves and help people do the same and like maximize yeah, you know, life we're experience. we're kind of cringy at the word wellness because I feel like people don't really have a proper grasp on like what that means to them personally because it is so commoditized and that's great like it's so fun to be you know within an industry that's growing and people are paying attention to but um you know it's like really what makes you feel good yeah bottom line so you know we'll mix our conversations about like 
female sexual wellness as it pertains to cannabis and then talk about reality TV. Yeah. So like, we're just, you know, we're just hedonists out here trying to (laughs) feel great and have good vibes. Just an alcoholic with some crystals. (laughs) (laughs) That should be the new show's tagline. I love that. And definitely I feel that because I feel like I struggle sometimes when I'm on the wellness path like I need to be meditating and journaling and doing all these things and then if I go out and party till 5 a.m one night I'm like is that really aligned with what I'm doing but it's like why can't I just do both yeah I feel like I feel like you just make your choices like you know how it's gonna make you feel if you party till five in the morning and maybe the good outweighs the bad or maybe the bad outweighs the good but like it doesn't really matter because you're still like having your experience we talk about a lot how it's really about like finding personal alignment and what that is and like those 5 a.m party night out with friends are just as important for the soul as like the solitude and journaling is amen preach to that do you like i feel for me like i know my own limits like i know like i can party i can party i can party and then all of a sudden i can't party anymore and it's like (laughs) that's when i have to start listening like okay i did it now i have to stop yeah I, that's like what wellness is. It's like listening to yourself when your body's like, you're done. Right. I actually just got back from Croatia Yacht Week and everyone was like, you did Yacht Week? Like, how how old are you? Isn't that for, like, people that are 22 years old? I'm like, I don't know why we have to, like, bucket age into, like, you have to stop having fun at this age and you have to grow up at this age and then by right. age 30 you need to do this. Like, I don't know who made up these timelines. But I am definitely aligned with what you guys are saying in terms of just listen to what your body's doing. I my body basically crashed. I got a rash and I was sick for like five days after. So maybe mm-hmm. never do that again. But that's something I had to learn the hard way. It was so much fun. Like I can't even get over how fun it was. I I can't even talk about half of it because half of it is probably can't be shared publicly. But it was the funnest thing I've done in a really long time. Steph's doing Yacht Week next week. Um, you talk about so many different topics. I mean, you've covered nutrition, skincare, numerology, astrology. Um, what are some of your favorite guests or most moving people that you've had on? Ooh, we recently did an episode um, about women's circles. I knew you were going to say that because I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the art of circling. <laughs> um, Andrea Bendewalt. Andrea Bendewalt, I'm sorry. And she... I don't know. I kind of felt like cosmically, like we were supposed to meet her. She just, she was fucking magical. She was magical. And it was something circling with our girlfriends is something we've done with like out really a roadmap. And so it was very cool to connect with somebody who, um, does that officially. And like has a structure. It has a structure. Exactly. To be able to be like, Oh, we're kind of doing it right. And then to really spread the messaging of like, camaraderie within the sharing and it just had such an impact on our audience as well as us and that always feels really nice when something resonates personally and then other people are like down for it as well and it's like what I think is so unique about her and like I think all my like favorite I mean I don't want to pick a favorite child because that's so fucked up but like I think she really found something that she was just super passionate about that was kind of outside of what anyone else was doing and that she was just doing with her friends. And then she like made it official. And that's what I'm most inspired by. Like when people just take like a side passion, like she's an actor, she's a successful actress. Like she has a whole life that has nothing to do with any of this stuff. 
And she just was so passionate about it that she turned it into like her main focus. And I think that's so amazing because that takes so much courage to just be like, yeah, this isn't a thing, but now it's a thing because I say it is. Well, especially like, in LA and Hollywood. If we did that, it would be like, we'd live in such a cool, creative world. Right? And everyone gets so stuck. Like you said, she was an actress. She could have easily been like, this is weird. I can't jump into but that. she still is an actress. You know, like yeah. she wasn't like, I'm going to retire and like run away to the woods and like do circles with my tits out. Like, no. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to continue to like be an artist and also do this. Because I think that's what Elizabeth and I both like, you know, we're, we love the people who are like, straight kundalini's like in the woods like doing their thing like that's really cool but neither of us are gonna be those people right i think we love when people are kind of like straddling the line yeah could you really quickly break down what circling is because i didn't know about it until i heard that podcast so like a high level overview basically like a gathering of in this instance women but we're all for like we did one with a man not a gender binary gender neutral neutral offering and it's really um going around in a circle and sharing and for instance there can be prompts for instance one that she shared with us was going around the circle saying what you are graduating from and what you're celebrating Mm. and um there are some guidelines with she sinks with the moon you sink it with the moon that's also it Mm um and but you can do it for grad you know actual graduations for weddings for engagements for babies like you it's really a way of just like calling in a moment and um bringing people together as a unit and then there's all these guidelines around like allowing people to share not comforting them if they're upset or crying like letting emotions flow creating space to um speak your truth i want to do it in a supportive environment yeah oh i love that isn't it funny that that reminds me of something we did in probably like kindergarten or elementary school? Like I vividly remember doing circles, like either show and tell or like, let's go around and pick your favorite moment of the day. And then somewhere yeah. along the way, we throw all that like childlike stuff away and go mm-hmm. to corporate America. I don't know when that change happened. I wish people would do more of that stuff. Well, on our show, we end every show with roses and thorns. And that was a camp game. That Oh, my like, gosh. So, like that's that it haven't evolved much like yeah. kind of like keep it camp yeah keep it childlike and camp like um what was something that you guys or i guess a guest or a topic or anything that you guys had no idea about and now you practice it might be circling actually but is there anything else oh i've been doing the show for a long time yeah i don't really think there's anything that i was like i didn't even i've never heard of that Oh, like the clit sit meditation. Oh, that was funny. Holding your vagina while meditating. Yeah. That was an interesting one. I mean, there's so many things <laughs> that we have. On. I mean, we come on because based on our curiosity. So I would say that like everything or the guests come on rather based on our curiosity. So, mm, I mean, there's always that, random that's things that people one. are throwing in that we're like, uh, all right, cool. But even like with things like the shaman or whatever, like he's introducing high ideals, but it's, those things are things that like, I've thought about right, right. It's really, but he's just like expounding on or like you know really honing in on. Right. But I think Clitzit is probably the one that I was like in. I was like, are we losing <laughs> listeners? Yeah, like, are people gonna <laughs> abandon ship right now? Yeah, I listened <laughs> to that one. I was like, mm. but she actually like people who have like vaginal trauma and like like she really does heal people with, yeah, with that because like, women really are like so disconnected from that part oh, of their yeah. body. And, like, we're walking around like we're just like heads on our body. 
Yeah. Actually, Megan of Superficial Magic, she just had someone talking about sex and and it was mind-blowing how eye-opening it was with what exactly you're talking about. Like, when I heard that podcast episode that you guys did, I was like, mm, I don't think this is going to be part of my practice. But when you actually think about, to your point, how much trauma has happened and, like, how we don't actually know what to do with our sexuality sometimes, I think it's really yeah. eye-opening to hear people's views that you've never heard of. Yeah. Um, something that I noticed within myself is because I listen to so many podcasts, like I, I live in Chicago, so I commute every day. So I'm always listening to wellness, health, self-care. Like I love everything, but sometimes I get overwhelmed and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to do tongue scraping. I need to do Ayurvedic health. I need to go get cryotherapy. I need to do past life regression. Do you guys get overwhelmed with how much you've learned and how do you stay on track, if you will, with your own path? I think there was like a minute when we got super overwhelmed, yeah. like maybe like a year and a half or two years ago, where we were just like trying to do everything. I would wake up in the morning and be like, lemon water, journaling, meditating. Like I was like trying yeah. to stack my learning and that was becoming like this like insane pursuit, which was like completely taking me out of anything that that would be leading to anyways. And now I feel like I do less than I've ever done before. Same. Like I just don't. I just know I'm able, like I have a toolkit and I know what to like, and I, have a range of things that I can drop into um, depending on how I feel. Sometimes yeah. it's nothing. Sometimes it's just like being and like watching TV. I would say the one thing that I rem- that I have that I forget that I think actually is really important is meditating. Like I'll have like two weeks go by and be like, cause I think that I'm meditating when I'm doing other stuff. Like I know I am, like I know I'm meditating when I'm like washing my dishes. I know I'm meditating. Like I know I'm, I've been doing it for so long that I know that it's just happening. But there is something to be said for like just taking the 10 minutes, you know, and I forget that sometimes. And the other day I was feeling super overwhelmed and then I was like, just fucking still like force myself to do it. And then I was like, oh yeah, like this is always here. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And it's free. And it's free and it's like just you and there's nothing to be like, you know, you're not seeking anything. I think that's the problem with trying to do all this stuff is like you're seeking a result. It's almost as like, in my opinion, futile as like taking pills to make yourself better because you're just like, you're seeking some sort of like calm result, but really it's just you need to chill the fuck out. Right. And that's what meditating is. So then do you guys have like morning or night? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I mean, people, I, I was in the mindset of like, I'm in Chicago. We don't have as big of a community as LA does in terms of meditation and wellness and everything. So like when I heard about meditating I was thinking of movies when you're like oh I need to like completely see white and go into la la land and in the clouds I'm like that's not what it is it's literally just sitting with your thoughts and being like okay I'm fine this is what I'm going to do today or whatever you want it to be I don't think there's a right way to do it and I think people get caught up being like oh I'm too crazy busy I just can't do it or I have too many thoughts in my head I'm like that's exactly why you should meditate to like take a moment to chill out um yeah which brings me to my next question. If you guys have specific morning and nightly routines or like weekly or monthly rituals that you guys follow. I just pretty much try not to fall asleep on my couch every night. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I do all the time. And then I wake up at four in the morning and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> TV. Um, rituals. I always talk. I do a pretty regular gratitude practice. Um, but I don't really write it down anymore. I just like have a conversation with myself. Just five things that I'm grateful for every morning. Um, sometimes I add to that and like what I'm excited about if I am writing. 
it's just like really easy. Um, yeah, I just like to be present and, and think about my day and or the day that has happened or the day to come. That just like keeps me on my on track. Um, I don't know. Right now, I'm like summer minded, so I'm a little less stringent with things. Cause like school's out for the summer. <laughs> Can't wait to go back and get my supplies. I, on the writing tip, I'll just add to that. Like I have this thing where, right when I wake up and right before I fall asleep, is when I get all of my ideas. And um, it was it was really difficult for me to like get out of bed and like have my notebook by my bed and like make sure that I'm like capturing that. So that's something that I've had to like really work on in practice. Is like knowing that because like, I used to have this thing of like okay that's that's it like in like write my writing project so that's the thing I need to remember but I don't remember it and then you wake up in the morning and like no way you don't say. fucking remember it right so you like have to write that shit down so for me that's like the most mindfulness thing I think that I've had to kind of come to I love that what it's if, like just putting it down yeah I got in that same um I guess mindset of like I have a notebook by my bed and I have have you guys heard of the daily stoic journal by Ryan Holiday it's really no. cool. Like every week it will talk about something from the Stoics, like a message. And then every day it will ask you a prompt. And for me, that helps because in the morning I was like, okay, I've already like said I'm grateful for my family and my house and my legs and this and that. And I feel like now it, it allows me to see these messages. But same thing with the notebook by my bed. I'm like, I, I'm going to fall asleep and like forget this. So um, I and, think it's... And you know what's weird? I remember my grandfather having that. He had that by his bed and like, that was before it was like phones and like all these distractions. I, I think that's just like human mind. Like we get ideas and we get messages when we're in that like liminal medium state, like right. when we're not asleep and when we're not awake. Right. Yeah. Cause you're not, there's no distractions anymore. Yeah. He also slept in a separate bedroom and my grandma just remembered. <laughs> really weird. Really weird family vision in my brain Hot right tip. now. <laughs> Hot tip for creatives. Don't sleep in the same room as your spouse. The doctor. <laughs> I'm dying. Um, what about on the flip side? So, for example, I will have moments where I'm like vibrating so high, no negativity, I'm loving life. And then there's others where I'm in such a funk, like I'll call my mom hysterically crying, very cynical, like self-talk, um, just like in a downward spiral versus being appreciative in every moment. And there's like a devil on my shoulder that will just be like, all this self-care stuff is like BS, like just deal with your shit. Do you guys ever get in those weird, like, downward spirals? And what are some things you do to get out of them? You have to deal with your shit. That's human. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. other option is not real. I think it helps to have, you know, the person you can call to be supportive, understand that, like, it's emotional. Like, it's really always good to be on track with your cycle, see where things are. Um, that can kind of ease some stress. I think it's like go through the downward spiral, but don't hold on to it. Like that's something that, that I think about a lot. Cause I'm, I cry all the time. I'm like live in a downward spiral. <laughs> and, but then I also like live in a really high place too. But you know, of course the one that you are more conscious of is the one that feels more heavy, but the, the trick is you can't like take it with you. Like once you like have your cry or you like have your moment, you can't like, then like go to the next part of your day and be like in a mood like don't be fucking moody don't be like taking it out on other people like go through it clear it out of your body and then like go back to the other place like you have to be able to like shift quickly otherwise 
then it does start to affect your life. I don't think there's anything wrong with like crying secretly or privately or with a best friend or whatever, like do that. Mm-hmm. But once you're like out in the world and you're being a dick because you're, you feel bad, like then you're not doing the real work and that sucks. Yes. And don't you feel like sometimes when you are in that mood, then you start attracting people like that. Like then all of a sudden something goes wrong in customer service and then you're an asshole to them. And then someone yells at you and then it's like, yeah, it's I just so this upon myself. like the fucking black hole, like pulling things into you. Oh yeah. How have you guys figured out what works for you? Because like you've talked about, there has been so much been covered on your show in terms of, again, like skin, nutrition, mental health. Do you guys just kind of do trial and error? Do you actually go see a professional and be like, I want to get my blood tested or what should I use for my skin? Or what are you guys doing? Because as a consumer of podcasts, I notice I'll listen to something and I'll just like jump in and try it. And I'm like, I think I should probably have consulted a professional before I did that. So what do you guys find I guess, how did you figure out what works for you? Definitely. Trying it. Yeah. Like, just our own, like, the show itself is our own, documents our own stuff, right? So we're, we're very rarely, like, trying things just for the sake of trying them. It's usually, like, a reason. Yeah. But and, we both, like, had plenty of blood tests, gone to plenty of doctors, yeah. gone to, like, so many different professionals and, I don't think we're, I, we definitely don't talk about anything that we haven't consulted a professional about. And if we do, I think we're like, we should ask a question about that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes but sense. I, I've also been in the part of my life, like in my twenties where I like was taking 3000 supplements and was not doing it at the advisory of a professional. And that's just really stupid. And I, as, it's a waste of your money and a waste of your time because you don't really know what your body needs. As the show yeah. has evolved, it's been more and more paramount for us to really have people on who like are have science backed up with their stuff. Like, you know, for instance, like with me and like something that I've been dealing with over the years has been like TMJ. So I'm like constantly exploring what goes on with that. Like that's something a lot of people relate to. So I'm sharing my findings and the things that worked and the things that haven't worked, but like, I'm not definitely coming from a place of like a doctor. I'm just saying here I'm seeing these doctors. This is an issue that I know a lot of you are dealing with. Here's, here's what's happening. But I'm also learning from the guests too. Like I have, um, B12 anemia and um, I have like a gene mutation so I don't absorb B vitamins properly. And like Max Lugavere talked about eating organ meat and then someone else suggested organ meat so I tried it and like it really has changed my energy levels. That's and like I'd never heard of that before. No, I hadn't heard of it until you brought it up on the podcast and I was like, I need to go get some type of test or blood just to make sure I'm not doing the wrong thing because I'm, I feel like definitely in that like supplement phase of like magnesium, B12, probiotics, cleanser. Like, I don't know what to take. It's like a concoction now. And I'm like, I don't should, even know if I need this. Yeah, you should get your vitamin levels checked so you can know what actually is like necessary for you. I definitely need to do that. I, I told this story. Ask your doctor for that test. They won't do it unless you ask for it. It's really weird. What do you call What's it called? Just, just you vitamin. ask for a full vitamin panel. Oh, that's what I need to do. Just at any doctor or do you have to go to like a holistic practitioner? Every doctor can do it, but you should get like a holistic practitioner to like read the results. That's what I need to do. I actually, I told this story in another podcast, but I put, um, I was putting chlorophyll in my water just because Lauren from the Skinny Confidential had talked about how amazing it is. And then I went to go to a doctor and they're like, let's run through your supplements. And then I was going through that and they're like, what, like, why are you drinking that? And I was like, 
I listen to a podcast and the girl does it and I like everything she does and they're like okay that's not like how you should be incorporating things into your daily routine and so I was like it was it wasn't really anything wrong with it I think she was more just a little shocked of like how I came to find it um like she's like did someone recommend it to you like why are you doing it and I was like here's what the benefits that I've read about it it just felt like a very millennials doctor visit um but it was actually it ended up being I was eating way too much chocolate and it was causing a lot of like acidity in my stomach so I was burping a lot <laughs> and so I had to stop eating chocolate I'm like that sucks I I was like well I eat chocolate cake and chocolate M&Ms and chocolate and she's like well you will stop eating like shit and you won't feel so bad I was like that's true really that the hard way I, just, I also feel like sometimes there's like I get weary with doctors because when they're traditional western doctors not that I don't subscribe to that because I do think that's important but sometimes they have a resistance to like alternative practices and then right. they kind of accidentally like bully or shame you and it's just like I've that's really shitty right yeah people should be seeking doctors who are seeking new information always right and that's I I can't remember if you guys talked about this or someone else but they're like you can't really be mad at the doctors because that's the way they learned in school like if you didn't go to an alternative medicine or any type of holistic practice that's what they're going to tell you because they don't know actually I think it's my boss's boyfriend and he's like all he knows is how to prescribe. Like, he doesn't know how to be like, oh, let's use a natural remedy. That's an excuse because we're living in a time where we have access to more information. So it's like, fine, like, you know how to prescribe, but, like, be a fucking thinker and be a curious person and be like, okay, maybe this isn't the only way to practice this. I just think people, if you're going to call yourself, like, a doctor, practitioner of medicine, you need to be practicing medicine, which is, like, learning. Right like the basics, like why don't we just look at things that are from the earth or natural remedies that can help because that's actually helped me more often than not. Um, hot tip, if you ever get a rash, put olive oil all over your body. It really helps. So those are like little things that I picked up. Um, I want to talk about relationships because everyone is always talking about relationships 24-7. And I feel like more often than not, I, well, at least in my world, people look at me being single and are like, oh my gosh, like, how are you still single? Or, oh my gosh, I want to set you up with someone. Or they almost, like, feel bad for me. And so I want to talk about both of your relationship statuses. Um, confirming, Steph, are you single? Single, ready to mingle. Single, ready to mingle. <laughs> Elizabeth's in a serious relationship. So I guess, Steph, we can go first. I think... Serious in terms of you've been dating for several years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I guess we'll start with Steph. I feel like so many girls think that being single means they aren't valued as much. Um, I know you guys have a Facebook group and I'm in a ton of those Facebook groups. And I feel like girls are constantly posting like I'm 32 and I I still am not even dating anyone. Like I'm just so sad nothing's going to happen for me. And like I said, I hate that stereotype and I hate that American society puts so much pressure on us to like be engaged and married and have babies by a certain timeline. So how do you rise above all this clutter and like stay true to yourself? (laughs) <laughs> I definitely for me it has nothing to do with society like I could give a fuck what society wants for me that's not the problem at all like I've been super independent like my whole life and I've dated a nun and it kind of hasn't really been like that big of a deal until like recently I think it was more of like a biological thing where I started just like feeling this call to partnership like I wasn't it wasn't like oh no I'm 32 like I have to have a baby like it does feel so beautiful. I love that. Call the partnership. <laughs> but that's how I feel. Like 
look, my mom had me when she was almost 37. So I don't have like, I, I feel like that was a gift in my life to have an older mom because I don't feel like suddenly I'm having this pressure to do all this stuff. I think that we can have our lives and, and still have children, have family. But for me, what, what what's hard for me is that like, I want that thing because I feel like I've sort of experienced like my single self to like the fullest degree of its potential. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, like I want to like now like love something in my life in like a new kind of way. Mm-hmm. So I'm not rising above it. I'm every single day experiencing the feeling of feeling like, uh, uh, there's something that I'm supposed to be like giving my love to that I'm not. So I'm just like sort of trying to, instead of focusing on what I don't have, even though I have those moments where I'm like, I don't have anything. Like I try to focus on what I do have. And I try to focus on like what I can do right now in this moment to like prepare myself for what I actually want, which is what you would do in any regard. Like you do that with the job. You do that with your house. You like, you, you like, it's like a fake it so you make it like a spiritual kind of way. <laughs> right. So I'm just like trying to stay vigilant with myself and ask myself like really what are the things that are would be blocking me or how are be- certain behaviors like preventing me from like letting this flow naturally and I don't know like sort of just surrendering because there's nothing else like I can do. I don't really online date. I don't like it. I think it's weird. Every time I've, like, met someone that I've met on the internet, I like, see them, and I'm just like, oh, no. Like, I'm not like, getting like, a good read on, like, who they are as a person. But we also meet so many people all the time. Like, L.A. is so- – everyone's always complaining about dating in L.A., but I'm like, I literally, like, have dated nine people this year. Oh, my God. I know. It's really- <laughs> like, I'm dating people. I'm, like, meeting people. I'm not, like, getting the person that I want to, like, be with, but it's not like there's a lack of, like – entertainment yeah i'm entertained right yeah i agree with that people always blame the city like chicago is the worst place to date you're never gonna date in new york i'm like you could say that about anywhere you live it's like how what you're gonna make of your situation yeah i mean i think that from what i've gathered (laughs) relationships are a timing issue (laughs) so i think i'm just in a place where i'm just like trusting that something will come through in the right time and I'm, i'm over the hump of like like last week and the week before I went through like a really hard time. Like I, I tell, uh, we like, she got to the airport before me after our DC trip and I like cried and I was like, you have to wait. Like I have no one to pick me up. Like you have your boyfriend. And just like, and that really made me realize like, whoa, this is like a deep issue for you. And like, but purging that I like feel better. Yeah. You gotta go through it. But it's just not like the society thing. Like I would like to encourage like anyone listening or anyone that's not real. No, but I, not real at all. Like, yeah, no to things. Like, I remember my friends were going to go away on a trip with, with, for one of my friend's birthdays, and it was all these couples were going to go to this, like, house in Joshua Tree. And my one friend was like, Are you going to come? And I was just like, Honestly, like, I love you guys, but I have no desire to, like, be on a vacation with four couples. Right. I was like, Ouch. And I'm like, Well, I mean, it's not like against you. I'm just putting myself in a position to feel shitty. Like when I don't have to feel shitty. Right. Just say no. You don't have to do things you don't want to do. Just say no to couples. <laughs> <laughs> say no. Well, Elizabeth, you're on the flip side of that. I want to hear how you found a partner that was on the same wavelength as you and how you've been able to maintain a healthy relationship. Ooh, well, Hold on. I'm going to put a book under my leg because I'm sweating. <laughs> 
here, put, do this because you're gonna start sweating. Um, boyfriend. I gave him to her. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes just the universe makes it happen. And your friends are the facilitators. I don't really, I don't know, it's funny. It's something I don't really talk too much about, but the, you know, sometimes you just find your puzzle piece and the key is Cute. if you keep having fun, then you should keep doing it. And if not, then reevaluate. That's kind of, it's that simple. It is that simple. My mom always, my mom and dad have like an amazing marriage and it's funny because I'm like so scared of marriage. I don't even know if I want to be married and everyone's like, why you have the ideal couple as parents? And so I asked my mom, like, what was it about dad that you've been able to like be in such an amazing relationship for this long? And she's like, there were no red flags and it's just been easy. Like it literally has just been easy. That's all I can tell you. And I was like, is it that simple? And she's like, yeah, like there's no red flags and it's that easy. Like that's how you know. There wasn't like a magical thing he did or an amazing habit. Like he wears t-shirts and Crocs every day. It's not his fashion. So like, she's like, really, it's just about like how simple and like you just coordinate and make it work. I mean, I also think it's like how, when you meet someone, how like prepared are you to not be like a judgmental asshole? And like, you can't be like picking someone apart. You can't right. be like, having false expectations. You have to like really take someone as they are. And I think that's really hard because our generation has this like whole idea of like the way things are supposed to be. And then yeah. like, there's like a problem with like, I mean, as awesome as it is that like gender roles are changing and like women are coming through and all this stuff, it's also like, the balance that's what I find to be like weirdly problematic is like the balance of like who does the asking who does the taking who pursues who receives like a lot of my guy friends are like telling me like they rather be pursued and I'm like that literally goes against like everything I've ever learned or thought about a man where it's like you guys have to be the hunter you guys have to be the chaser it's like they're just like lazy and afraid and they want us to like tell them now so it's like I think there's some stuff in this particular cultural moment that might be getting lost in translation between the genders. Yeah. But I think that that's par for the course in the shift that's happening totally. on a larger scale. Like things are just, you know, we've talked about on our show, like as the women's movement progressed and like as we moved past third wave feminism and all of that stuff, like men were kind of like, oh, uh, what now? And now like me too. And yeah, that, it's so like, it's they're like, just not there's a recalibration me. that needs to happen. And I think maybe circling just to move back <laughs> is a great way to just like get everyone on the same page. But when it comes to like finding your person, I will say this, like I was the biggest if I can say this <laughs> and when I first met him like awful like I literally looked in the eye and was like I don't feel like talking right now oh my gosh how are you get some every time yeah he got hard <laughs> he got so hard for that <laughs> no but like you know so you never know like I never I don't think I ever in a million years would have predicted that that he and I would have had this beautiful of a bond or anything like that so it's just like go with it is I guess the big get drunk with them and let them with you yeah, and see what just happens. see what happens see <laughs> what happens sometimes you just gotta be an asshole off the bat but and you'll find your partner but also like you don't like there's a lot of times like we cut ourselves off at the foot that's not my type that's da, 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 da. you know it's like mm-hmm. I think you need, the one advice, piece of advice I would give is to just like be open to what comes through yeah and I have another thing too which I realized about myself that I'm like really trying to just like dissipate when I like someone, I always act like I don't. 
like internally I'm like it's fine like I don't like them and then it, like then I actually create this like weird dynamic with like when really you should just be like I like you and like if that's not something that they're willing to receive like okay right. but don't like, make it harder for yourself I feel like that's the thing that I'm letting go of at this point in my life is like uncomplicate the entire situation yeah the checklist and everything like have got to go because i'm like what what does it matter if they're like six two, have a good job have a nice car live in a nice place if they are an asshole like why do we look at so many outer things when you're like how do they make you feel how do they make like do they encourage you do they inspire you like that should be your checklist not like oh he's six two and a doctor and lives in a condo downtown like who who cares he's probably an asshole midwest y'all yeah i it's funny because everyone thinks midwest have like the nicest people and the biggest assholes i've dated have also been in the midwest so watch out i also feel like that was a moment where i had to do introspection and be like what am i putting out there that i'm attracting like such assholes and change my standards so i definitely agree with like stop with the like oh my god he he's wearing a weird watch or i don't like his shoes or like a life partner should not be evaluated on like so many external factors um that brings me to my everyone knows that girls redress their boyfriends anyway yeah, right seriously. you train them that's what i've heard yeah <laughs> just gotta retrain. He has that fashion so he can be manipulated into good fashion <laughs> all about manipulation um that actually brings me to friendships because as i get older i realize that friendships do really change and my mom always used this analogy like they change levels and I was like no I don't get it like my best friends are my best friends and my work friends are my work friends and that's how I bucket all these people and now that I'm older I'm like oh there's people that are like pretty close to me that are really toxic or that I like do not want to be in the same circle with anymore have you guys found that there's friendships that you've been able to realize and evaluate that that's not something you want to be around and how have you cut the cord for sure. And what was the last part? And what? Oh, like how have you like cut them off and been like, I actually can't be friends with you because that's a really hard conversation to have to be friends with someone. I almost feel like friendship breakups are harder than like boyfriend breakups because there's just a different love there. And so I'm wondering, like, has that happened to you? Have you cut out toxic people in your life? And like, how did you do that? In my Saturn return, like the only really big monumental thing that happened was that I like really trimmed the fat on the people in my life. Um, and I really did like trap a lot of friends. And it was hard. I mean, it's, but it's just like you need to, and it wasn't anybody like doing anything bad. It was just my own need to evolve and grow and feeling like the people around me weren't just like 100. And um, that was really painful. It was really hard. A few, a few relationships in particular was a very sore spot in my soul for a long time, but it all, I just think you need to just be free to like move with wherever things go. And if you need to have a conversation, then you have the conversation. I never really had like a hardcore conversation. It was just a few conversations and then just happenings that made it very clear that these people weren't, you know, it's like surround yourself with water. I can't think. (laughs) Water attracts equal levels. So if people aren't on your level, then it just kind of happens naturally. And if there's a conversation that needs to be had, then have that conversation. It's like a band-aid. There's like three uncomfortable moments and then it's over. And, you know, something that Whitney said when she was on the show that's really stuck with me is that codependency is not speaking your truth because you're afraid of how it will affect somebody else. 
And I think that's a reason why we don't have conversations with people that we think are uncomfortable because we're afraid of how it's going to make them think about us rather than how the situation actually makes us feel. And we kind of just need to like get over ourselves. And if it's like something's not serving you, then you just have to like not be, for me, it's like I first start with like a physical and not being available and focusing on what I actually makes me happy. And it's, I don't make it about that person. I'm just like, this is what I actually want to spend my time doing. And then if, if I'm right, if that person really doesn't fit into my life, then they won't support me supporting myself. Right. And that's like easy. Right. That makes sense. It's like, sometimes it just ends up happening where I think both people are like, this isn't serve us anymore, but yeah. and you got to like move on. Like um, not a big deal. What, what is it? A season, a reason, or a lifetime? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Bye. Dropping mottos all over left and right. Um, <laughs> one <Not> thing. <laughs> what was the one you said? I felt called to partnership. That's, that was a, that's a, the episode's tagline. Um, Where you at, dude? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I hear you calling me. Just come through. Um, one... to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that also goes hand in hand with like personal change. So I feel like something I actually struggle with a lot is if I feel like I'm about to develop a new habit or do something that's like really going to either cut something out of my life or really change my life, I get really scared that I'm going to lose the life that I have. And I feel like an example is like, cutting down the alcohol consumption and I'm like okay if I stop drinking for a few months am I gonna lose friends am I gonna have the social life I have are people gonna view me differently and I then I'm like okay well I'm just not gonna do it then even though it probably would help my physical and mental health what are some things that you guys either struggle with or ideas that um you now are like I need to work through this and deal with it regardless of like what other people think I don't know um i don't know if we really i don't really think that way necessarily right like i i kind of just do whatever i want (laughs) (laughs) i think we're both like intensely self-aware and like that's made self-sufficient and made more amplified in the fact that we are talking about what's going on so often yeah um publicly that I don't know I think I think that that's a way of thinking that I might have like left in my 20s yeah Yeah. but like okay for the drinking thing just like for your personal thing it's like you can still go out if you're not drinking like right and your your friends will still like you if you're not drinking like you don't have to really change anything other than the fact that you're like gonna be drinking water or drinking a soda or drinking like we both just did whole 30 and it was like we were both out like I maybe didn't go out as much, but I still, like, hung out. Yeah. You weren't, like, like, a recluse. Yeah, I think. And then if you feel like being a recluse, then, then do that. that's a great thing to be celebrated, too. You can't miss out on what you need to come in contact with your life. Like, I really do subscribe to the idea of, like, we're all, like, right on time. And if you're, like, aligning with yourself, then, like, you'll end up where you need to be. Right. I don't know if that's like blind faith or what, but I found it to be pretty true. And like, I like to imagine that I'll be surprised by what I can't yet imagine. I love that. Do you guys think the show has helped change your thinking or have you always thought like this, this independently and this freely? I think it's both. I think that we always thought like that, but now we're older and we also have a responsibility. So just kind of, yeah, like 
streamlined and like congealed what we already kind of had going on. Right. I don't know if we would both be in so much integrity about certain things if we didn't have the show. Because there was definitely a moment a few years back where we were like, okay, we actually actually have to like live this way. <laughs> like for yeah. real. We can't be like acting like assholes or not like, you know, I think integrity is the word that both of us sort of hinge our entire existence on. Right. In all ways, where it's like you internally feel a certain thing, like honor that. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a certain like injustice outside, like handle that. You right. can't like look away from the truth at some point. Makes sense. What is a yeah. day in the life for each of you? I'm sure every day is different, but just like a day in the life of Steph and Elizabeth. Oh, wake up between 8 and 11. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We both have very, like, free lives because we have this as our show. And then, like, she has her other independent work and I have my other independent work. But both of our work is not, like, going into an office. Like, so we don't have the schedules in that way. Yeah, I would say, like, right now what works best for me, um, I wake up, I do emails early. And then I go off and I do, I work out. Um, we'll have like meet somebody for coffee or tea. Or a hike. Or a hike. And our schedule in her life. Meditate, then get back to the, get back into work by like 11 or noon. And then we record, we book show, we book shows. We just came off of three live shows in two weeks. So our schedules have been kind of like adhering to prepping for that. And, you know. I it's feel like we're in summer. We we're are in like a little beige bit summer, summer moment. But <laughs> it's different every day. That's kind of the the by design. best by design, best and challenging part of it. I mean, that's the dream to live every day as you want, freely on your own time and schedule. I love that. Something that I really had to work through, maybe this will help people, is like I used to wake up with so much anxiety that there was all this shit that I had to do. Mm-hmm. And it would like overwhelm me and terrify me and make me feel like I needed to like, I don't even know, it was scary. But I think really just taking, taking, bless you, taking your morning to, bless you, to give yourself space to just be a person outside of your responsibilities, I think is the best thing that anyone can do. Like eat your breakfast, drink your coffee, watch a show, read a book, read the newspaper, do something that's not immediately getting you into work because you need to be a person outside of what you do. So that's like my, even though I have the luxury of like time, it's like we all could have like 30 to 40 minutes in the morning, no matter like who you are. Right. That's, I think that goes back to what you guys have been saying this whole time. Like your situation is what you make it. You can't just blame like, Oh, I have to get to work by nine. So I, I don't have time. Like you make the time for the things you want to do and the life you want to live. Exactly. That being said, if you're in the office from nine to seven thirty, it's challenging. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It definitely is. I remember on, I think you guys had him on, the guy, who was it? I'm blanking on his name, the guy that had, like, a panic attack on national television, and now he's, like, a big meditator. Yeah, Dan Harris. Yes, and he was saying, basically, he, like, uses any time that he's, like, even in a cab, he's, like, meditating or on a bus. Like, he adds up meditation throughout the day. It doesn't always need to be, like, in your bedroom with candles lit and crystals. He's, like, whenever I have time, I, like, just take the time to breathe and meditate. I'm, like, huh, I never thought of it that way, and I like to think that way now. That was really helpful. Um, Now, That So Retrograde comes out weekly. What is the future of That So Retrograde? I know you guys have a hotline now. You guys just said you're doing, like, live shows and tours. 
what is on the docket for the show? Hopefully, come fall and winter, we're going to do a lot more live shows, possibly Chicago. So that'll yes. be exciting. Um, yeah, we're focusing on the live aspect, and we're actually doing six episodes a month. So Ooh. we have another week. There's two. Um, and maybe we'll evolve to, to more episodes a month. We're, oh, we're, we'll see. So we're much content. Soon. Where can yeah. people find you on social media? We're at So Retrograde. On Instagram and Steph is at Steph's at sorry at S S Simbari and I'm at Elizabeth Cott K O T T. Amazing. You guys go listen to them. You won't be disappointed. I listen to them pretty much whenever I have a free moment, cleaning, commuting, at work. Um I love your guys' podcast. And yes, absolutely. And I are we in retrograde right now? I think you said we are. Venus is about to go retrograde, and, um, yeah. We have an episode coming out that's going deep on it. Okay, I was going to say, like, are, is there one final tip we can end on a deal with retrograde? But just stay tuned we for you guys' upcoming But not like it's bad. I think that's what, like, we're learning is just, mm. like, it's a fine-tuning. It's, like, a revisiting. It's, like going back to massage out issues and things that aren't moving smoothly and in a forward direction. But I will say that Mars retrograde is crushing my fucking momentum of life. Oh God. Cause it's exactly. like what your ruling planet is. So like Mars is a Scorpio oh. and it also rules Aries. So like Scorpio is an Aries when you're like trying to move forward and retrograde, it's just like, you have to literally just slow the fuck down. Like it's not like going to fuck you up, but you just have to slow down. Like you're, you're not going to get the push that you need to move forward. So, but we have to, like, I think, destigmatize the narrative that it's bad. Yeah, that you have to, like, hide out in your room until retrograde is over. I feel like that's what Well, like, Shannon said, she's like, there's fucking four Mercury retrogrades a year. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. Holy shit, that you is Stop your life for four weeks, three times a year. That's, like, half the year. Right. That would be ridiculous. Well, I'm yeah. excited to hear about how deep you guys go into it. Um, this show now comes out, so you said six times a month? It's Wednesdays and Fridays, and then mostly Wednesdays, but Fridays twice a month. Amazing. Guys, go subscribe, go listen. Thank you so much for being on the show, and I cannot wait to hear these future episodes. Thanks for letting me lay down in this interview. <laughs> well, that is a wrap for today's episode. You can go follow them at So Retrograde. That's their podcast handle. You can follow Elizabeth at Elizabeth Cott, K O T T, and Steph at S Simbari, S I M. B-A-R-I. I am so excited about these upcoming episodes too where they're going to get a little deeper into retrogrades because I really have no idea what they actually are. I always just thought it meant take it easy and don't make any big decisions, but it sounds like they're going to get really deep into what it all means. So I'm excited for that and I hope you guys rate, review, and subscribe both this podcast and That's So Retrograde and I'll see you next week. <music>